Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, D. Let it, let it just fill in right here. Let it just fill in right here. This is what We're I back. need right now, buddy. I believe. Here it is. Oh, who doesn't love them a little bit of stupid just to get you going on the Believe Sports Podcast Network? Oh, man. My boys from Ocean Beach, California. I had a great I had a great weekend, DK, up there in Santa oh, Barbara. What is new? Hey, I'm just trying to live the dream and keep it going and not wake up. <laughs> well, buddy, you are you are living it. Tell me about your weekend. Oh, up in uh, beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Great to be back at the Santa Barbara Bowl. Oh, that's my favorite venue. It is that. so good. Yeah. So good. It is just, and it was, it just filled up and the, the scenery and the sounds and looking down at the Pacific Ocean. And uh, it was a great hang with my brother, Tony Rogandino, who, as you know, is a big old LAFC fan. So we talked soccer, we talked surfing, we talked stupid. And um, yeah, all in all, a great weekend and, and back at it here for, uh, for some work now this week, if we call this work, you and I, but getting together with you and uh, a lot to talk it's about. It's a heavy week. lift. Week 22 of Major League Soccer into week 23, and we cannot leave out all the transfer news and all the moves made, especially for the two Southern California clubs. How about you? How was your weekend? Yeah, fantastic. Um, No no, uh, soccer obligations on the book, so I enjoyed some games, um, both L.A. club games. um, And, uh, yeah, just hung with the family in Long Beach, great weather, uh, some pool time, some beach time, no complaints, buddy. Uh, we should probably start with the games, and uh, we both knew that it was going to be tough sledding for the LA Galaxy to head to Atlanta. Uh, it seems as though Atlanta United, over the last month and a half, two months probably, have certainly found their stride, and they continued that against the Galaxy. And yeah, they in, in convincingly. Uh, Galaxy, no Ibrahimovic. Um, that you know, I think that w- when we were missing. Ibra, we're missing Jonah Dos Santos. Things become a bit problematic, um, and they just couldn't they couldn't pack a punch. And this Atlanta side, where under DeBoer they haven't attacked um, fluidly or with the same amount of force as they did with Tata Martino, uh, particularly in like the first five six weeks when they're trying to figure it all out. But they they've definitely become uh, a team that is uh, much more difficult to break down defensively. And so this this game would have been a great example of a year ago that, you know, they could have maybe scored five goals against the Galaxy, and the Galaxy maybe would have nicked one or two. Um, but this Atlanta team's for real. Now they've they found themselves in uh, the Open Cup final. That'll put some wind in their sails. 
And um, yeah, I, ex- I expect them to be competing. And you got to, you actually have to give uh, Carlos Bocanegra and their front office some some credit because the fans are still protesting this DeBoer in the front office, and they they're not happy. It's crazy. It, it is crazy, and I think it's probably worth noting a little bit of bad luck for the Galaxy in the match too. I, I wouldn't Correct. I wouldn't take it away anything from Atlanta United. They are the they were and are the better team of those two teams matching up on on the day, and I think going forward, but. Uh, to have a couple of own goals as the way in the first half for the home team to take the lead makes it even tougher, and it makes that uphill climb, especially for the Galaxy on the road, so difficult. Well, and this this is what, um, aside from the LAFC game, when Galaxy uh, have a self-inflicted wound, um, they have a hard time climbing out of that uh, that zone. It's almost a hurdle for the team. So, um, yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Terrible way to, to start the game. And then it just felt like um, after the second own goal, it, it was time to pack up shop and, and get the heck out of there. And, of and course, that, was, uh, that was in that, by the way, that was in the first half, two own goals yes. in the first half. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and, and of course, Joseph Martinez adds another, if, if my memory is correct, I think it's his 17th of the year. It could even be his 18th. So um, almost... Um, a microcosm of what Atlanta United has done. It was a slow start for Joseph Martinez as well. And then all of a sudden he's come alive. Atlanta United has come alive. And this guy might be, I think we discussed it last week. He's probably the only guy in my mind that's going to challenge Carlos Vela for that goal scoring title in major league soccer this year. Yeah. I mean, unless Ibra does something crazy here in the last 10 games, I I, I agree with you. And Joseph, he, he, it's just amazing for a little guy what he can get done. Because and when I say little, I mean he's 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 strong like Sergio Aguero. You know that you don't have to be a big tall guy to to, to lead a line. Um, but he's he's just so dynamic and he hurts you in a variety of ways. I don't, he probably doesn't get enough um, credit for his spacing in the box and his ability to just kind of find those little pockets and one Agreed. and two time finishes because of. What you're used to seeing from him is his explosive pace that exploits the space and creates the space between him and the defender. Um, and, you know, he he's uh, I've got the opportunity to, to call a couple games. And, and then I try to watch Atlanta as much as I, I can because Guzano and Laurentowitz are, are two guys I root for and are good buddies of mine. But, um, yeah, Martinez continues to impress. You know, uh, a couple things that stick out to me from that match, uh, three nothing, the final score would be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, would be Uh-oh. the front, yeah, the front five or six for Atlanta United: Nagby, Gressel, uh, Ezekiel Barco, Justin Miram, and then P.T. Martinez and Joseph Martinez. I mean, that is a really formidable group of names and attacking wise the more that they play together i think the better that atlanta united is going to get regardless of who who's standing over there as the manager whether it's frank de boer or tata martino uh, that's going to be tough for anybody in the eastern conference to knock that off especially since they're the defending mls cup champs that's number one and number two would be when i look at this match for the la galaxy you mentioned no ibrahimovic I think this becomes even more evident how much they miss a player like Alessandrini because at least you would have had another uh, creator out there on the field to help guys like Leggett, Antuna, um, and even even the youngster uh, Alvarez. Yeah, Uh, those players, they would get more space. They would get probably into better spaces if they have a player like Alessandrini out there. I I, I agree with you. Yeah. 
but it's, it, that to me their biggest problem still is just the the fluidity of their back line and and who the hell are is going to start at left back who's going to start at left center back um and if and felcher is just not a top rate right back in this league for what you pay him mm-hmm. so um you know i i think that that is and, and man, I played on teams where, you know, I leaked a couple goals every game. And if our defense, uh, we had a very small margin for error, uh, but we were on a team that had no attacking punch and that allowed us to set up and, and be really organized. And this team has a little bit of an attacking punch. They get a little stretched and then they're really exposed. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the transfers that are happening, but if the Galaxy, you know, I, I see them linked with a bunch of attacking players, I, I think it should be the opposite. I think they should be linked with a bunch of defensive players, or at least one um, defensive player. And they're going to have to find a solution of what the heck they're doing with their outside backs. Because that, that, Rogues, historically is not a difficult position to sort out in Major League Soccer. And when you look at how the transfers have gone down, I mean, you could have kept Ashley Cole. That he would have been the best yes. solution at left back, you know. You, you think about all of these things that have, have um, kind of played out in real time, and um, this is this this is just the problematic area of the field. So it's a second straight week that the Galaxy lose a game, but also are shut out on the scoreboard uh, as they lost the previous week against uh, Portland. I think four nothing was the final in that one. And what is crazy to me, Dan, is how much the standings in the West have changed this week. I think this is right. the most the most shuffle we've seen in the Western Conference standings below LAFC in probably since maybe the first month of the season. This feels better to me, honestly. You know, like this when I watch games and see teams, this this feels uh, about right. Uh, I never thought I, I never maybe after the first five or six weeks, I felt like the Galaxy should be at the top. Um, but they feel like a mid-table team to me. Um Sporting Kansas City still remains the biggest question mark. Houston Dynamo's a dangerous team. Portland Timbers will probably end up in the top four, which is crazy. Um, but they have a boatload of home games, and that's that's why uh, they can make up a, a lot of ground because they're damn good at home. Um, and then this Minnesota United team, we don't talk about them much, um, but they're they're scrappy, man, and they wow. compete, and they're they're a better team than they've 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 ever been in Major League Soccer. Well, remember they were they were in that handful of teams probably two and a half months in the season that were still unbeaten at home. They finally did lose right. at home, but to all of a sudden look up and you see the loon sitting in second behind LAFC, San Jose, who we've discussed, the one of the hottest teams yeah. in the league, are yes. now third. Seattle has dropped to fourth. Galaxy falls. And to Seattle's fifth. good. Yes, Seattle's Galaxy good. fall to fifth with another loss. And so I'm going to say it again because I said it to you last week. If I'm a Galaxy fan, I'm a little worried where this team is dropping. And remember, it's the top seven that get in. And I know there's still a lot of games to be played. But uh, I I think Portland's going to get in there. Houston is going to battle to get in there. So you've got two other teams that are in the top seven right now who are likely to get locked out. Who is is it going to be? I think FC Dallas could be one of those teams only because they're a young team. FC um, Dallas is going to sputter, buddy. This is what this is what they do. They did it under Oscar, and it's it's the uh, duration of the season on these young players. And you start out hot, and then you get a little flat in the summer, and then those young players lose a little confidence, stop, start asking some questions about themselves. I, I think FC Dallas is not a playoff team. 
Um, and I would I would say I would guarantee that Portland is. I, I like that prediction. I like and that prediction. We'll so mark that, that. We'll that mark means, that tape right there. Yeah, mark that tape. Yeah. So so that means FC Dallas is out. Portland's in, and then it's going to be a scrap between um, Real Salt Lake and the Galaxy to hang on while while Houston uh, provides some pressure. And and you know I, it, it, we've seen Seattle make a move um, in August. So I uh, you know Sporting Kansas City could potentially make a move, but um, I'm I'm close to writing them off. Let's uh, flip over to LAFC and their road win out in Gillette Stadium. Uh, just outside of Boston against the New England Revolution, who were, under Bruce Arena, one of the hottest teams in the league. In fact, an 11-match unbeaten run is halted as LAFC go on the road uh, and get a 2-0 win, highlighted by Diego Rossi. Uh, He started the scoring early in the first half. And what a goal. Yeah, and then LAFC get a clinical goal with about a 13-pass sequence that culminates with Latif Blessing uh, cutting back in the box and then just chipping it into the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say, you know, we're we're questioning where other teams are going to finish in the West. I don't know if anybody's going to catch LAFC the way that they're going right now and with the window of matches that are left, DK. Well, you know, we were just talking about Atlanta United. And I was looking at the Western Conference, and I th- I started to think Atlanta is a favorite to come out of the come out of the East for me, uh, and they very well could be only because Philadelphia still hasn't to me has they're a great team. Yeah, they're scrappy, they, man. But they have. They're, they're, but I don't know. I don't know if they've proven it yet that they're, you're like, oh, they're they're just like Atlanta United. They can win yeah. on the home no, or, they, or they, on the road. They they have more team and and they have spirit and fight and grit, um, which can out you know, can out, they can out compete damn near anybody, to be honest. Um, if you look at quality, uh, and, and the way Atlanta plays defensively, um, I, I like their chances in the East, but then I look at the West and I'm like, okay, well, if LAFC don't get to the, if they don't host the MLS cup final this year, uh, be a massive disappointment for them. No, there's no question. There's no question about it with the way that they have been able to put a, uh, double point, lead together between them and right now second place Minnesota uh I think you know they they are hot to make sure they get the supporter shield they end up as the number one seed and if they can make their way all the way through the MLS Cup playoffs then they have the opportunity to then obviously host uh the MLS Cup final uh, here in here in Southern California I think what was impressive was uh New England they're playing well they they yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they have started to figure some things out, yeah, yes. and, and Gustavo Bo is also at the heart of things. They play a lot of stuff through him, and he, right. he is not only getting his chances, but he's letting other guys find chances through what he does on the ball. Um, that stuck out for me in the game, and what else stuck out for me was how awful the turf is at Gillette Stadium. Oh. I don't remember it being that bad the last time I was there, but it was just terrible. Yeah, and they just keep it short, man. And I, I mean, it's it's tricky when you keep turf short because the ball just runs and it skips weird and it bounces up, and that's you know a big reason uh, why Rossi had that first goal was just because the way the ball was bouncing. Um, which, and, by the way, which by the way, he did say in his post game interview that he intended to cross that, but he happened to clip oh, it. Or, he, really? he did say he did say that, and uh, with a, yeah. with a chuckle with that, yeah. you know our, the sideline reporter. 
uh, Javerina Catalina, she asked him, she said, was that a shot or was that a cross? Yeah, he right. said, no, I was trying to cross it, but I happened to catch it just perfect. <laughs> That's great. At least he was, at least he's honest about it. That's brilliant. Nothing to lose there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, LAFC have responded extremely well from two things. And one was the bow out and open cup. Um, and the other was the loss to, to the galaxy. And now it feels like, um, there's no looking back in a way, um, because you, you are entering the, the home, the home stretch here. Once you get through August, uh, you really start to get fixated on, on the playoffs and the, what the picture is going to look like and how you're going to have home uh, field advantage. Um, and th- this team is like a, for me, it's like a locomotive right now and they are chugging, chugging along. Um, and then, you know, we look up and, and what the heck happens, uh, and announced, uh, in the past 24 hours and they're starting to shake some things up and, and bring in reinforcements. Well, yeah. So that takes us into some player news and let's stay on LAFC right there. DK, uh, Brian Rodriguez, uh, he comes over from Peñarol to become member Andre Horta departed mm-hmm. uh, a month and a half ago, back to Portugal. He was one of the DPs for LAFC that opened up that slot. Rodriguez, a very young Uruguayan now joins the fold. He comes from Peñarol, the same club that Diego Rossi came from. And I will say this, and I've, I don't know if I've, mention it here on our podcast to me this then almost talks about two things could Rossi be on the move once the season is done because there's a lot of teams that are hot to take a look at a young Uruguayan who's having success Mm -hmm. in MLS but also and Bob Bradley did it at the end of this most recent game out there against New England Carlos Vela moves up into the number nine slot and you play Rodriguez and Rossi as the two guys wide in attacking positions. Yeah, you mentioned it in bringing Lee Wynn into the fold. And I think that you're going to see more of that. Not that Diamande isn't the number nine for them, but I think you're going to see them shift into that shape and have Vela play highest in the lineup uh, going forward at times for this team. So, yeah, I mean, another, by the way, Brian Rodriguez, 19 years old, must be mentioned. Yes. Um, this is this is a, a theme and the league set up these uh, young designated player rules a um, little less than a handful of years ago. And now we're seeing um, the strategy behind it. And, and these clubs are trying to, you know, uh, manipulate or manufacture some value by getting a bright up and coming young player, give them some exposure. Um, and this becomes a league that you can now sell those players to Europe. Um, and capture a lot of value. Uh, so I think that's kind of the strategy behind it. And of course, he's going to help help the team positively. Rogues, and this is not, I'm not comparison, I'm not making a comparison of, of Barcelona and LAFC here. But you remember... Bruce when, Arena made that comparison in the midweek, just to, but, just to give a little bulletin board material well, in, in terms of saying, oh, Bob loves, Bob loves Barcelona. And so Barcelona's coming to town to New England, but go on. Okay, so when uh, Cesc Fabregas left Arsenal to join Barcelona, Cesc was a holding midfielder that would just spray the ball all over the field beautifully, control the tempo, um, not pacey, uh, but could cover ground, do some defensive work. And when he got to Barcelona, the midfield was so stacked with Busquets and Iniesta and Xavi that uh, it was Cesc Fabregas who played the false nine, and he would lead the line. And you don't, you know, you don't need a traditional number nine 
when game in, game out, you dominate possession and your wing backs are, are up the field. What you need is guys that understand spacing and and angles and interchange and move off of one another. And that's why I, I like this move um, of moving Vela in the middle because it doesn't it's not he doesn't have to stay central. Right. It's, right. It, this should be an interchanging front three. Um, with with players coming in behind and run, making runs through the box that that complement them, so I, I like the move. And I think it gives LAFC versatility, right? You can do that with Carlos Vela moving up there, but you could still stay in your traditional four three three that Bob's been playing all season, right? You can leave yeah. Diamande as a true number nine, almost a target up there. Um, and you and you can interchange whether it's now maybe an opportunity uh, once Rodriguez gets up to speed. Maybe sometimes you start Rossi and Rodriguez in some games, especially down the stretch if you've got a huge lead. So you've got a really fresh Carlos Vela by the time you do hit that playoff run, and and the Mexican international is ready to just tear things up in an MLS Cup playoff run. Uh, it remains to be seen. I think also important not to get lost in the shuffle is Christian Christian Ramirez, excuse me, get shipped off for some allocation and TAM money to the Houston Dynamo. Right. Could be worth up to a good pickup. Could be worth up to 200 plus grand, but I think the problem uh, and we won't go too deep into it for Ramirez is is where do you put him in Houston's lineup because they've already got that position with Manotas and uh, El Pantera, right? Yeah, but I, I think they they're just trying to in, increase uh, increase the numbers in their in in their attack, Houston anyway. Um, and they're, they are, this is a great example of a team that's on the cusp. Um, they're very difficult to play when they're in Houston. They're a bit of a disaster when they're on the road. And, you know, maybe that inconsistency, um, is, is, is just because they're, they're lacking a little bit of quality, one or two players and that they've gone out and, and tried to make some, uh, make some moves with Christian Ramirez being one of them. I think it's a good pickup. I think it is a good pickup too, and and for the record, since you've gone on record here on, in this show, uh, on believe I think Houston is a team that is in when week 34 finally comes mm. to a close. I think Houston is a team mm. that is in mm. the playoffs. Uh, I think Portland and Houston are the two teams that are in. It just remains to be seen uh, which two will drop out of the top seven. So uh, that's the transfer news for LAFC. We switch over to. Uh, the Galaxy, and boy, isn't this going to be a weird weekend because we're going to talk about LAG making their way out to the nation's capital on Audi Field to take on DC United in a moment. But that's where Emma Boateng is headed. Right, right. And this, he was the yeah, odd man out, wasn't he? He was the odd man out, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he's been there long enough, and I feel like Emma's upside is is huge. And when you have a player with that much potential – and you don't have a coach that can squeeze any more out of them, or you don't have a system that can squeeze more out of them, this is probably the best thing for him. Um, UCSB guy, this is my guy. You know, I, know. I said he was my son in the locker room. Um, I love this kid, and he's such a good, kind-hearted person. Um, but I hope what I hope this does for him is gives him a fresh start, and he can go and, and be a spark. And and not, you know, just just not overthink it. I think he got to the point with the Galaxy where um, he accepted his role a little bit too much. Um, and you got to you got to be hungry, man. You got to get out there and eat. And, and this would be a good opportunity for him in, in uh, D.C. 
you mentioned uh, him being, you know, under your wing, Dan. I think it's probably maybe you can just expand on it for a moment before we move on. Uh, this is a young man who I believe paid his own ticket to come here uh, stateside originally so that he could have the opportunity to train and play collegiate soccer. Yeah, so he I don't I yeah, I the I'm not sure if he paid the ticket if it was sponsored or or or, or what have you, but We don't want any um, NCA violations here. <laughs> but um he uh he he went to the Kate school um in Montecito and up by up by Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara right. County, and they have a, a mentorship uh program with um the these kids um from Africa and and some I, I think you know some are from Ghana Sierra Leone and and um it, it's just a great program that has provided uh UCSB and some other colleges with some some pretty impressive uh, soccer players and and more importantly some great people um so I love I love Ima's story and he he I was actually when he was I think 18 um would have him come down and train with us in the summer uh, at Chivas and the kid's potential then was, is, is, uh, you, you could just see it. He, he has something that you can't teach and how explosive he is. Um, and when he is on and he is, uh, attacking defenders, um, he can really do some damage. Yeah, no question. His ability to run north and south and run from the wide positions in towards central areas is for a young player is very, very dynamic. Uh, Boateng, actually not the only uh, now former Galaxy player headed to D.C. United. Uh, the news also coming in that Ola Kamara is coming back to Major League Soccer, <laughs> and he is going to be playing in D.C. Uh, I think I think I think you probably agree, Dan. This more of a forward-thinking move by D.C. United with the news that Wayne Rooney is gone at the end of the season to head back and be a player coach role with Derby County. Yeah, I I, I think you're probably right, and this is. Um... But a good goal scorer to bring in, man. The guy can the guy can put the ball in the back of the net. Absolutely, and he, he's a, he's your most traditional number nine. I mean, imagine if he played on on LAFC. I think he would clean up shop. I think he has more quality than in the box than than Diamande. Um, and yeah, I, I like uh, Kamara's game. Um, and he, he's, uh, he, he'd be a, a help to any team in, in major league soccer. I always get a chuckle out of, um, you know, I, when you, when you see players moving to China, um, and it's Cha-ching. typically, Cha-ching. yeah, it, Shenzhen, um, it, it's, t- it's typically, uh, for money and you, MLS used to be this way, right? Like some, there was some players that would come to the major league soccer, in the twilight of their career because they were going to get compensated really well and take the foot off the gas a little bit. And, uh, then you get there as a player and things start to settle in and you realize, well, you know, maybe this isn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) All the travel, the physical demands of this league. Yes. Yes. And think about how big, uh, China is and, and the travel's real similar to Russia. Ante Yazic are, are, are both of our good friend, you would tell us about the travels in the Russian league and, you know, going across six time zones. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, it, you make these moves and now six months later, here we are and he's back and um, he, he'll be a good signing for DC United as he's been, for, as he was for the galaxy and, and Columbus crew. 
maybe underlying uh, and probably should be reminded for anybody that listens to this or anybody that uh, talks about Major League Soccer, uh, the narrative of players like Wayne Rooney, you go back to David Beckham, Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, uh, that narrative of guys coming in right on the tail end of their career and coming to Major League Soccer is almost disappearing completely. It's now becoming more of what we were talking about a moment ago, a young Uruguayan like Brian Rodriguez coming in, uh, Nico Ladero coming in a couple of years ago, Joseph Martinez coming in. It's now more a narrative of young South American players coming in and having success and clubs being able to turn around and maybe say, a la Miguel Almiron, yeah, we'll sell you off to a European club. Yeah, I, and this model uh, suits my appetite uh, a, a much more. Um, and I, I, I like it. And, and what it does is uh, it, it'll help. Um, it, it, you know, we could, we could argue that it's going to take away opportunities from some young um, domestic players, uh, but it's also going to set a standard, right? Um, and challenge those same young players to 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 see what those um, foreign players are doing and how they've developed and maybe a little bit of their mentality and why they're put why a hefty price tag um, has been put put on them. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 a it's a good model for Major League Soccer. And, and Dan, don't you agree? Then it, it puts a challenge on some of these younger U.S. based players. I I would point right to Emerson Hyman, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what a performance he had. No, but and that's a perfect example of a young player that plays in the U.S. youth national team and then into the senior national team that had to earn his way onto the field with a really, really good team that has a lot of good players. But by the way, Wayne Rooney is 33 years old and this guy can still ball for sure. You know, is is that the league letting him get it or is that him choosing to leave the league a little too early because he? Well, that's what I was surprised when I heard that he was going to leave to coach. It makes a lot more sense that he'd be a player coach um, because I still think he's got plenty of legs left and he he is. Um, Although yeah, remember, just, he, I, remember he he started at 16 with yeah, Everton. Yeah, still remember, I've used was, this I've used this uh, you know example before where I'm less concerned about. Um, aging players when they're not dependent on speed right you know and Rooney's never been dependent on on speed he's strong he's balanced he's explosive but he's not he's not top end pacey um and he is you could put him in a system and he he could be Paul Scholes and this is actually what happened to him later in the stage at at, uh, Man United uh particularly under Mourinho uh, when they had a little bit more dynamic attack and Rooney was no longer leading the line, he was dropping deeper into midfield and playing a midfield role. And then he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, and and you, you use, I use this example with Sebastian Leggett. It's like, okay, well, he's damn good, but what position does he play? Um, perfect segue into the game at Audi Field this weekend. Zlatan should be back. Cool. Uh, cool. Uh, Rooney will be on the field. And you get the Galaxy. Tough scheduling right here. I didn't realize yeah. until I looked at it. I mean – up at Portland, then at Atlanta United. Now they're at Audi Field uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, how do you see this one playing out between some superstars on the field and two teams that are fighting to stay uh, in that top seven in each of their respective conferences? Yeah, I don't have a good feeling about this game. Um, <laughs> and, by, the, and by the way, by the way, you did pick up a point in your three picks last week. That was for saying Atlanta United would beat the Galaxy, which you were correct on. Yeah, and I just think that you know confidence has taken a little bit of a knock here for the Galaxy after the, after the succession of losses, Portland and Atlanta. Um, you have to 
be mindful that DC United just took one on the chin from from Philadelphia Union five to one. Um, I think there's mm-hmm. some I, th- I think there's some response there. Um, and and this DC team is uh, they're inconsistent, but they can hurt you. And so it's almost a it's almost a, a, a pretty favorable like comparison and matchup. Um, similar teams. Uh, and um, I, I on the day I, I give uh, DC the edge and I, I would expect it to be about two one. All right. So a two one win for DC. Um, yeah, I mean, currently DC United sitting fourth. 36 points out of their 25 matches. So they're, they're only six points out of the top spot currently held by Philadelphia. But I think you would say if you look at it, Philadelphia and Atlanta United are certainly the top two teams in that Eastern Conference right now. Uh, yeah, I think the scheduling is what's really going to hurt the Galaxy again this weekend. The fact that they're uh, – because I would assume – you probably know better than I do. Did they come all the way back? I'm assuming they came back. Yes. From Atlanta, yeah. some training, some training this week here in Southern California, mm-hmm. and then you hop right back on a plane again. And I think for some of the younger players, that might be uh, a tough obstacle in terms of, oh, oh God, we got to get back on a plane and travel back out there again. I'm not saying that's a huge factor, but I think it is a factor. Well, when when you're when you're traveling and you're winning or you're you know getting good results, um, it the travel just feels easier. Rogues, the trips home don't feel as long, you know. And those are two long trip home, long trips home. Um, and yeah, this is a long trip back to DC. And you know, this time of year in DC, the weather can be brutal. Um, so it's gonna be a tricky one. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a three-two win for DC United in this one. I think three-two. I think a lot of goals in this one. Zlatan gets back in there. Uh, he certainly has one. And so I, I like a three-two win for DC United. So both of us agree, DC United should win this game. Yeah, and, and lucky us. I mean, we're going back to back FS ones for the both LA teams, so it can be a nice, ni- nice little weekend. So if DC United is fourth in the table in the Eastern Conference, just one spot and one point ahead of them is New York Red Bulls, and they are coming to Southern California to take on LAFC back at the bank, back in black for the black and gold. Uh, they'll try and make it three straight wins since that defeat against the Galaxy a few weeks back. And uh, as we know, they are very tough to play against at home. But it, uh, it can be said that when a good team like a New York or we saw Atlanta United in Southern California a couple of weeks ago, uh, when they come into Southern California, those are a little bit stiffer tests than, say, playing, you know, Sporting Kansas City or the Vancouver Whitecaps at home. I... Uh... I had a had a conversation with Ryan Hollingshead this week, the defender for for FC Dallas. And yep. the game I went to this year at at the bank was uh, LAFC hosting FC Dallas. And we were we were talking about the game, and he's like, "Dude, we couldn't get on the ball." He's like, "We we literally just we we defended the whole game." And um, Red Bulls uh, try to thrive in this environment of 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 counter pressing and pressing and playing very direct and vertical. I think the Rebels can get a goal or two in this game. Um, Agreed. And and that's that's what's interesting. Luis Robles has been in pretty darn good form the past few weeks. I don't know if you see that. You see that save last week? This is ridiculous. This is is uh, unreal. And and this that save rogues is um that is a a mental save. You know what I mean? Like he's not giving up on the play. He's so focused. He's scrambling. He's getting his feet right. And uh, if, if you don't have full concentration, you don't make that save. It's brilliant. 
Um, but that Look, quickly, that, quickly, just to describe it, it's it's uh, Robles on the left post, and the ball comes all the way across. Basically, the entire net is open, and I think you would you would agree as a goalkeeper, sometimes you just anticipate hey, this is the only spot yeah. I can get to. Right. He throws right. his right arm up, come in, basically throws before the before the shot is right as it's being hit. Actually, he throws his right his body and his right hand across to the far post, and it, and he makes a save, a miraculous right. save. Yeah, I'd probably save of the season. I, I'd be surprised if we see anything better than that. Um, and uh, so, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good – it's a compelling game. And Red Bulls will, will embrace this um, this obstacle. That's the group that they are. Um, that said, I think LAFC is too good. Uh, so 3-2 final LAFC. Mm, I like it. A lot of goals. I think I, I agree with you that uh, this is – Yeah, I bet the over on this one. Yeah, the, the the one thing that is uh, the one thing that has been exposed for LAFC this year has been, even though they just came off of a shutout win, which they much needed, but they only have seven shutouts on the season, uh, is the fact that defensively they can have some holes at times because mm-hmm. they like to press their outside backs forward and get up into spaces. Sometimes they leave themselves vulnerable on the counter, and and even this, I, I would say, hey, I love Walker Zimmerman, I love Eddie Segura, great young Colombian player as a center back, but they at times have been exposed when they've been put under pressure, unable to clear the ball at times, mm-hmm. uh, unable to clean things up, and that has allowed teams second and sometimes third chances, um, as you saw in the Galaxy game. So, so and I want to say, Rogues, one more thing. Tyler Miller was back in goal in New England. Oh, it's his it's his spot. It's back. It's got. Uh, it did also help the decision for Bob Bradley that somehow yes. Pablo Cisniega sustained a shoulder injury oh, and did not did did, and did not travel with the team. Ah, okay. So, so that that made the decision I think easier for the coaching right. staff. Yep, let's right. put Tyler Miller, let's put Tyler Miller back into the fold. But Shut out be, on the road, and, be, yeah, get it and going. he played re- and he played really well. He played really yeah. well. He, he commanded his area. There was a couple of times where a uh, service was driven across the six yard box and he came off of his line and almost made, you know, a diving save to your right to make sure the service didn't get all the way through to the back post. Uh, his distribution was solid. So it's, it's back, to, it's back to Tyler Miller's spot. I think we're the waters. It's Tyler Miller time. The Tyler Miller time. Um, the waters in that, in that goalkeeping position, are, I think are settling a little bit for LAFC. So having mm-hmm. said that you say three, two LAFC, Gosh, they're unbeaten at home. 9-0-1 at home, Dan. Uh, this is a Sunday evening affair. Uh, by the way, I'll have the coverage on ESPN Radio for this one. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Uh, I am going to say, wow. Hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm torn here. Something tells me this could be a draw, but I feel like this team has matured. From This would have been a draw a year ago, no question in my mind. This would have been a 2-2 game a year ago. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 3-1 LAFC. Ooh. Ooh. I've I've opened up a bit of a lead. This isn't helping me. I've opened up a bit of a lead here, Dan, on on our picks. I believe the gap is now eight uh, in terms of picks. And I was thinking about this. Next week, I think you're going to have to start picking first. Okay, (laughs) you you want me to pick first this week? You have the luxury of hearing my pick. And because from here on out, you could all you could do is pick the same thing I pick and you would win. Would that be any fun? No. Well, that that wouldn't be any fun. And no, people could yeah, people come I can, here. I people come here. I could see you people. No, like no, no. People come <laughs> here to they come to the Believe Sports Podcast Network DK to hear why we make these certain picks. And I should also add uh, asterisk at the bottom of the page. No, Dan and I do not wager any actual money on these picks, but we're just here for just your that, picking. Your that. pick. 
Well, that's coming at the end of the year for sure, for sure. Mastros, here we come um, with the wives. And, and uh, so so that takes you on to your, your wild card pick, your third and final yeah, pick of yeah. the week. This, this where, is where do you go? Where do you tricky, go? This is a tricky week of matchups, man, when you look it across is. the board. I would actually <laughs> – I yeah, have two games. I, written, I have two games written down just in case you well, take one. So, on. so, so Philly hosting Houston. I would. I, I think Philly are going to take that one. Um, the other game to look at is Colorado hosting San Jose. I don't have um, either of those written down, so this is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Philly over Houston. Um, I like Philly at home. Uh, Houston have not been great on the road, uh, so I, I think that's a good matchup. Um, and I'll take I'll take Philly uh, with a with a gritty two nothing win. Okay. Okay. So Philly's gonna win two nothing at home. The two matches that I had written down was Orlando City at Toronto, mm-hmm. and then my pick will actually be the Vancouver Whitecaps traveling to uh-huh. Providence Park to take yeah. on the Portland Timbers. We you mentioned at the beginning of this show Portland playing a lot of home games after playing what was it, the first nine games on yeah. the road this season yeah. so I love the Timbers at home not only is yeah, Providence and Vancouver Park, is not that good exactly and not and Providence Park not uh, the easiest environment to go in for a visiting team and take any points although LAFC did do that earlier this year uh, so I will say it is uh, Portland three nothing in that game yeah good on you good on you good on you I like it. Three nothing. So hopefully see, there Vancouver, you go. Can, hopefully Vancouver can give me something here. Yeah. No, I, I highly doubt it, but that's anything is possible. What was your other pick? Uh, my other pick was Orlando City at Toronto, and I would have taken Toronto at home. Okay, got it. I think Toronto. I think Toronto will probably be a heavy favorite. Orlando City getting knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup in the semis against Atlanta United yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, in the midweek, and so then they then they travel all the way across the country and take on. Oh, no, they travel up the time zone into, yeah. into, into Toronto. But still, I think Toronto at home is a really good team, uh, and, and that will be tough for Orlando City to get something out of it. Just my two cents. Just mm-hmm. my two cents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so safe to say. I'm, oh, I'm, by, I'm, the way, I'm, by the way, I should, I should add, we both we both missed our wild card pick last week. Uh, that was our yeah, my only. Uh, I don't know how Houston lost at home to the fire. I know. And then you had the Quakes winning against Columbus, and that they one tied. finished in a draw. Crazy. Well, so for the sake of our playoff projections here, uh, I've, I've written off a, f- a few teams, and it should be noted. Really? Um, so I, I've written off FC Dallas. Think about that. They're in a playoff spot. And I've written off Vancouver and Colorado. Okay. Coming okay. that's out of out of the West and out of the East. Uh, Cincy, Columbus, Chicago are done, and uh, Orlando's a couple weeks away. <laughs> I, I would, the only thing I would say about those picks in the in the East is say for example say for example Chicago. They're they are right. six points out of the number seven spot right, right. now. Yeah, that's nothing. But, but I think right, and, and but I think you do have to look at the teams above them and how what what happens to those teams, right? I mean, yeah. which team, well, which team are you taking? Which team are you taking out? The only team I could maybe point to for me would be Montreal. Uh huh. Yeah, and but uh, undoubtedly these teams are going to match up with with each other throughout. That's right. Uh, you know, so, so come six point swings. Right. Right. 
we will keep you up to speed with all of those things uh, and then look ahead to the following week's matchups next week. Good stuff here uh, this week, DK, and uh, and looking forward to watching the games this weekend. It's that time of year where every single game really, really matters because we're getting down to the final, you know, t- 10, nine games for every Nitty-gritty. Nitty-gritty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, DK, for uh, Dan Kennedy, the one and only Dan Kennedy, myself, Mark Rogandino, and the rest of our crew here at Believe Sports Podcast Network. Click, link, subscribe. Only one place to catch all of the news for LAFC and the LA Galaxy, and that's right here with us every week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.